0: How are you doing, Melissa? Hi, Alexis. I'm great. Um, ready to rock. Ready to <laughs> rock. Did you have a good weekend? I did. I was full of like cheer competitions and
1: that's really it. Mine was like not a lot of soccer, which was nice. Just one soccer game and I just relaxed. I did this podcast. I read. I sat on that couch out there. Nice. Just enjoyed my weekend. It was really nice. Wow. That's like really different for you. I know. You're not like a downtime chiller. No, it was really crazy, but I did. So I feel like super charged this weekend. I honestly got super into this, what we're talking about today, because it's a brand that I've worn and love since I was young and now still have a bunch of this product and so do my kids. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so today we're talking about Adidas. Ooh, yes. Which is a very, very popular sports and apparel brand. Yep. It's fascinating. It has some unique little stories, and I was super fascinated with how it started. And then we're going to talk about some really cool campaigns that they've been creating over the last couple years. That I got really emotional watching yesterday and I think like our kids should watch this entire series because it's, they're very cool. They did an awesome job.
0: That's great. It reminds, we did Nike, what, like a couple months ago and I felt the same way about that. Like it's really cool when a brand moves you and like creates content that like you want to share with your kids or like you want to other people to watch to be inspired. So I'm excited to see. Yes. I know like nothing about Adidas. I never played soccer or like. I guess the sports that I associate Adidas with, like I just never was a part of.
1: Well, guess what? You're gonna learn about it today. Woohoo! So, Adidas is a German multinational corporation that designs and manufactures shoes, clothing, and accessories. Okay. A lot of people think it's just shoes, like they're known for their shoes, but it's everything now. Okay. It's actually the largest sportswear manufacturer in Europe and the second largest in the world after Nike. Wow. Which is pretty insane, right? Yeah. So, and Adidas was actually started in 1920 by Alduf Adi Dassler. Okay. Okay. So, remember, Nike wasn't started that far back in the 20s. No, it wasn't. It was. It was started
0: more. I can't remember the year, but I want to say it was the 50s.
1: I think a little bit later, actually, like 60s. 60s. Yeah. Yeah. So, Adidas has been around since the 1920s, and it was started by Mr. Aldolf Adi, and he was a 20-year-old German who was extremely passionate about, like, all athletics. Yeah. He was an athlete himself, and he just wanted to create things that made things easier for running, for him being engaging Athletic. in all these different sports. Yeah. So he started making shoes outside his mother's laundry room using limited materials available like post World War 1. Mm-hmm. And initially he didn't intend to sell sneakers and he cuz he actually completed his apprenticeship in a bakery before he started making these sneakers. Which like he was gonna go down the path of being like a baker, which is that is so random
0: and so different. Which we had
1: another brand benefit, remember where the two sisters were gonna like open up a bakery (laughs) shop? They were gonna open a casserole cafe. Casserole cafe. It's like so interesting. Like that's just go the easy route of food. It's
0: so funny. Food is not easy or profitable.
1: At all. Rarely. Yes. So he decided not to open a bakery and he decided to make the best shoes for passionate athletes. You
0: know what I just realized, Alexis? You're wearing Adidas. Yes. I I, I, I own two pairs of them of all my shoes. I have a lot of shoes and I'm wearing one today. Yay. What do you
1: know? Well, we're going to talk about those shoes in a little bit. But so four years later, he was joined by his older brother, Rudolph, in 1924 under the same name... Dassler Brothers Shoe Factory. Okay. So, Dassler assisted in the development of spiked running shoes for multiple like, athletic events. Spiked. So, like, spiked. it's essentially cleats, but they didn't call them cleats. And they back were then. running shoes? You use cleats to run? Well, for track and field, for baseball, for rugby, yeah. for all these different yeah. things. And again, they weren't called cleats then, they were spiked shoes. And so, these spikes would en- enhance the quality of the athletic footwear because they would make people, like, be able to dig into the ground yeah. and run faster. And the craziest part is he actually started by producing these shoes with heavy metal spikes on oh, the shoes. God. Which is, that like, I very can't dangerous. even imagine that. I'm like, first of all, that sounds scary. And then if you see the pictures, like, those look very like, not comfortable.
0: Like, um, yeah. like, I get
1: they dig into the ground, but didn't seem functional. So then after he, he was using heavy metal, then he decided to transition to canvas and rubber.
0: Okay. That which makes
1: more sense. made more sense. So in 1936, Audie basically exploded because he gave his shoes to the gold medalist Jesse Owen, who was an American track and field star who made the world record that year in the Berlin Olympics. Mm-hmm. So... His brothers and hims, like Dassler Brothers Shoe Factory, went from like no name to extremely successful and started selling two hundred thousand shoes each year after after that, that incident of wow. like so, the track star. So
0: giving them. those shoes, gifting to a track star, like an influencer campaign back in the day, like right. Yep. Made the brand successful.
1: Are, and it's so crazy. Like, influencers seem so new, but they're not. No. This has, like, been yeah. going around, for, going on forever. So after World War II in 1947, of course, all good things, something has to come to an end. Mm-hmm. And the brothers got in a huge fight, and they decided to split. So Adi kept his company, and Rudolph decided to go form another shoe company. And do you know what that shoe company was? Adidas. No, uh-huh. Rudolph was the other brother. Oh, um, wait, let's let think. Hang on, is Adidas, it another famous one? Yeah, I
0: literally can't think of another show. Puma.
1: <laughs> oh, Puma. Huh. So he started it back then in 1947, which now is considered to be one of the strongest rivals of Adidas.
0: Was it called Puma right away? Uh huh. It's, the name seems so modern to me, I don't know why. I know it's crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: So we're going to talk about how this Adidas actually came about. But do you know what Adidas actually stands for? I have no idea. The acronym?
0: Uh, no. I didn't even, actually didn't even know it was an acronym.
1: Yep. All day I dream about sports. <gasps> That's amazing. I've never heard that in my 39 years of life. Yep. So now you know. I think when I was playing soccer when I was younger, we'd come up with these like dirty acronyms. Of course you (laughs) would. Do you have one of them that you remember? No. (laughs) I was trying to think. And Wes and I were talking and he was like, I know I used to do that too, but it is all day. I dream about sports. I think it was (laughs) all day day I dream about sex. Yeah, it was probably the the most obvious one. But check this out. So the original logo was created and he decided to name it Adidas because people called him Adi for short. Oh, Adidas. Yep.
0: That's how you pronounced it? So it's actually
1: pronounced Adidas, yeah. That's the correct pronunciation. pronunciation yeah. So we say it wrong. Well, Adi- people are like Adidas, but it's really like Adidas. from the Adidas how he originally started. That logo is interesting. It's- so yeah, so he's got his name at the top, Aldo Dassler, and then Adidas, and then sports. I don't even know how to pronounce this. Schun, huh. Schoen, might be a, a German name, but it, it's like the Adidas name with the two D's like held up by shoelaces. Le- but well, they're like the shoes, like hanging on these two top oh, of the two D's. Interesting. And then you have the spikes. Yeah. But if you can see, there's still like these three stripes right here in the shoe. Hmm. So, the three stripes were actually like not in the beginning before he created the logo. Actually, a functional piece of the shoe. How? So the three stripes were stabilizing strips for the shoes. So the way he tried two stripes, he tried four stripes, and then he really figured out that three stripes was the perfect amount of stripes to hold, like, that bridge of your foot together and lock in the actual spikes.
0: That's so interesting. So it used to be function. I doubt it is anymore. No,
1: I don't think it's function anymore. I mean, now they carry it through. But it's crazy. So when the brothers split, he obviously formed Adidas, and Rudolph. Formed Puma. So Audi, he was like, I'm going to name this Adidas. But the trademark of the logo, there was actually another company, which is called Carhu Sports, which had as their logo three stripes. Huh. So at that time? At that time. And Audi was like, I love that logo. And he only had this like shoe component, but he's like that simplicity of the three stripes like fit, he felt like fit his brand. Which I'm so glad he
0: thought that because I'm really glad that logo is not the one we know today. I know. It's really weird. That looks like,
1: it's super weird. Yeah. But he, so he actually bought the logo For equivalent of, like, $1,800 today and three bottles of whiskey. So the founder of that sports company was, like, after World War II, was struggling with funds. And Audi knew, like, this guy needs to make some money. So I'm going to give him this. And he threw in the three bottles of whiskey. Did he
0: buy the brand as a whole or just the logo? He
1: The logo. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Super interesting. He was so obsessed with the three stripes. Like, he, in the beginning, before it was Adidas, he kept, like... He would say Adidas, but he was, like, the three-stripe company. Like, he would just want to say three stripes, which is, <laughs> is so odd, right? But in 1971, when, like, competition between Nike – so, yeah, see, Nike didn't even come up till later. Oh, see, I looked it up. It was the 60s, yeah. 60s, okay. Mm-hmm. So, in 1971, Nike and Puma, like, the competition was fierce. They decided they needed to up their branding games, so they actually developed the logo as the trefoil. Yeah. Have you seen it? Is it like a leaf? It's like a leaf. Yeah. They decided they're going to develop this new logo. It still had the three stripes, but they wanted it as to look like a badge so they could launch into apparel in a Smart. big way. Yeah. So it had three leaves branching out, but still kept the three stripes at the bottom. And this logo, once they launched it with their apparel line, took off. So early 80s, if you remember, this really famous rapper was All about Adidas. I was born in the early 80s. Would I know this rapper? Run DMC. Oh, yes. Yes. So, Run DMC was like... Wearing the Adidas apparel, the swag, and it became huge because if you know the Adidas superstars, you know the ones I have that are white, like the shell toe. Yeah. They have a black strip on the back that has the logo, and in all his music videos, it would like zoom into his Adidas. Yeah. And then he actually created a song, which I'm gonna show you this music video about Adidas, and it just like took off. It helped the brand explode. Crazy. I always thought the logo looked like a marijuana leaf. Well, that's kind of what (laughs) Um, Let me show you this video.
0: That's so interesting. Honestly, I thought it was a commercial when you first showed it to me. No, it's like he came
1: up with this song wow. and it exploded. What is so crazy is that during that time, if you think about it, like it went from sports to like heavy hip hop culture. Like in in mid 80s, late 80s, if you think about I mean, all the old, like, rappers, like, crisscross Cross and L.O. Cool J and all those people, they were just wearing Adidas. And it was really interesting because it was originally, like, this athletic shoe, right? Yeah. But then the brand was, like, realized that rappers and this whole hip-hop culture really took to their products. Yeah. So they decided, now we're we're not just going to be for athletes. We are going to be more for artists as well. Yeah. Interesting. Which is crazy. But then in 1991, they decided they need to launch a new high-performance series. And it was the Adidas Equipment Range, or the EQT series. So once again, they needed to like adjust the logo or have a mark that really aligned with this launch. Yeah. So basically what they did is if you took the three stripes that were straight across horizontally, yeah. stagger them vertically and tilt them about 30 degrees, it looks like kind of a mountain. So that, that's oh, what yeah. the logo's on yeah. your shoes right now. That so it's sense. the high performance shoes and it represents challenges to be faced and the goals to be achieved. Huh. So they wanted it to look like a mountain, but they wanted the stripes and everything to really significi-
0: signify. You know what I love about you? Like I've learned so many new words from you on this podcast because you blend words so seamlessly. <laughs> it's the
1: Alexis language.
0: Okay, which they seamlessly
1: crazy. simplify. Like, what were you trying to say? Yeah, no. So what they wanted this logo to represent was the mountain. Yeah, but they wanted the three stripes to signify the challenges to be faced and the goals to be achieved. Yeah, that makes sense. So again, this that logo, which you know is everyone still know, it still stays true to the core brand of the three stripes, just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Then in two thousand and five, they. They always had the word mark, like the word Adidas, as a part of their logo. But in 2005, they launched just singular word mark on apparel and clothes. So they didn't have any stripes stripes, associated with it. Just Adidas. So it was like the lowercase in sans-serif font, like super minimalistic form of the logo but they decided just to have that standalone, yeah. and the brand name had that much recognition. And I
0: feel like that's what I maybe recognize more now than anything else is just the sans serif font, all uppercase, by itself.
1: Yeah, the, just the Adidas. Yeah. yeah, but the crazy thing is, the three stripes are the one of the most recognizable logos globally, aside from Nike. Wow, like globally. And I think Adidas is brilliant in their business model because, you know, they based it on the hip-hop culture and sports. But then in 1970, they decided that they are going to deliver specific products for the 1970 FIFA World Cup. And they actually designed a ball— in such a way that it would increase the visibility of the black and white on the screen, which soon led to be one of the most successful and famous partnerships of Adidas and the World Cup. Really? So we explain that. So they like created, they redesigned a soccer ball? Yeah. So when they were filming it, because they used to use just Multicolored balls or balls yeah. that you could barely see moving across the field. So they designed a ball that was so stark white and black. And they figured out that when the TV, like the cameras, were filming it, those two colors would pop off the field. Oh,
0: I thought a soccer ball was always black and white like that. Well, that's. Oh my gosh. Not
1: anymore. Wow. I don't even know if we own a black and white soccer ball. Really? No, we've got hot pink, we got blue, we got splatter paint, we
0: got... And they play with all colors in, in like games now? Yeah. I don't even, I wouldn't even know. Interesting.
1: So interesting. So let's talk about their marketing strategy. One let's of the mo- do it. One of the <laughs> most famous taglines of Adidas is, impossible is nothing. Ooh. Which focuses on the importance of fitness and the importance of striving for something that a person truly desires and is also one of the primary marketing strategies for the company. I
0: love that. Impossible is... Is
1: nothing. Mm-hmm. Which it kind of it re you always think like nothing is impossible. Yeah. But that's not how they put it.
0: Impossible is nothing. Which huh.
1: I love it. Yeah. So This obviously has been one of their most famous taglines for years. But one of the things that I think is so fascinating is they are so strategic with their targeting strategies. They sell products globally. However, they focus on six major cities, which helps them shape the trend and the buying decisions of their target customers. Okay. So the cities are Los Angeles, London, Shanghai, New York, Tokyo, and Paris. That makes sense. Okay. But then in the UK, they primarily focus on selling soccer products. Whereas in US, it's baseball and basketball.
0: Yeah. Because soccer is just not as big here.
1: Not as big. But in all of these markets, there's they still sell all the products. But they customize like the primary focus for the market to make sure like they dominate, right? They dominate, right? And so their ad campaigns, everything is highly focused around these type of athletes. Smart. Adidas collaborates with various athletes and significant tech companies that allow them to constantly innovate their product and their branding and marketing. So huh. when I say tech companies, it's not like the tech companies is their influencer. is that they have so many tech companies that they collaborate to come up with like new innovative ways they're doing their products. So they have a big partnership with We'll talk about him soon. But basically taking water bottles and recycling them to make their shoes. With who? We'll talk about it Oh, okay. But it's like they are constantly innovating. They're innovating the sleekness, the weight of the shoe. And these companies want to partner with them, which... Gives them leg up. Yeah. Obviously. And then their partnerships with celebrities and like music and fashion icons have led them to build like these designs that reach more than just the sports fanatics. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you know that when Adidas created Yeezy with Kanye West, how much money they made? I have no idea. So it turned out to be one of the fastest growing footwear lines in 2021, and it was valued between 3.2 and 4.7 billion dollars.
0: You know what's interesting, though? I mean, I'm not the demo, probably. I had no idea that Yeezy's, like, that that partnership was, was with Adidas. I n- had no idea.
1: Which is crazy. I thought he
0: had his own line of shoes independently. So is that a problem
1: for Adidas? Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't even know. I don't follow pop hip-hop culture very much either, so I didn't even know what Yeezy was. But I just cannot believe... It exploded that fast, yeah. And Kanye West made one hundred and forty-seven million dollars from royalties last year, which is more than his entire music catalog's <laughs> royalties. Which is crazy. So, from his music catalog, he makes about one hundred and ten million per year per year. Uh-huh. But last year alone, just on the shoe collaboration, one hundred and forty-seven million. That's crazy. Why doesn't someone tell us to make shoes with them? <laughs> we don't really have the
0: prestige that Kanye West carried. Damn. Yeah. I think that is some brand power. That is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, that's insane. And in
1: 2021 when we we're in a pandemic. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, but people still were buying fashion. We know that. So, Melissa, I, I told you I'm so impressed with their brand strategy and, like, how strategic they are within each markets. But in 2021, they launched the next five-year strategic cycle where they believe they are going to own the game. And they want to put higher preferences on the consumer than anything else by acknowledging the role that they have in shaping, the consumer has in shaping these trends and apparel that Adidas is going to create. Okay. So they really want to focus on this D to C strategy. So, uh-huh. like, direct to consumer. Mm-hmm. And they, because right now they sell through a lot of, like, Sport Chalet. Yeah. Um, all of the, like, Norsha, Foot Locker. All these other places. But this year they want to be direct to consumer. And. Like, they want consumers going to their website or Instagram
0: to purchase. Yes. Okay. So
1: they want their direct to consumer business to account for half of its total sales by 2025 and to contribute more than 80% to the Target's revenue to the company's target revenue growth. Okay, which is insane. And what is it
0: now? Do you know what percentage of their business is D2C right now?
1: I don't, but by 2025, they want to triple its members to around 500 million while doubling its e-commerce sales to about $10 billion just from direct-to-consumer. Wow. And what's crazy is I didn't know they have Adidas-only stores. I haven't seen any here in the U.S. I don't know if you have.
0: Um, I think in Chicago, maybe?
1: I'd okay. have to look
0: it up and see.
1: So they're they're with this initiative, they're saying that they're, all their retail locations will be fully digitized. Oh, wow. So they'll be able to own like this omni-channel experience. So when you walk in, traditionally, you're greeted by a shoe salesman or a salesperson, right? But they're not capturing your data.
0: No. So they
1: don't really know what your consumer preferences are, and they can't adapt and innovate with you. Yeah. They just know how to sell you a shoe, and then you leave, and no data is captured. Yeah, I found it.
0: Okay. There is one in Chicago. Oh, okay. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, it's in Water Tower
1: Place, right where I go all the time. Well, I need to go to an Adidas-only store. But they have 2,500 stores worldwide now, and they expect to increase those by 2025. But also, a lot of their goal is purely online.
0: I mean, it makes sense. It's weird to me when I hear today in 2022 when no one wants physical anything, no one wants to be in an office that like, People are expanding their, like, retail footprint. I just – it seems counterintuitive to, like, what the world is moving towards. So the digital makes more sense.
1: I agree, like, almost with both. But think about this. So, like, you know, we can order – Anything from Amazon and it can be here in a day or two, right? Mm-hmm. But there's something about like going in, like needing that instant gratification of like how shopping makes you feel, of like going to the store and trying on those shoes and walking out with them immediately and like wearing them. Yeah. I think some people still like that experience, and I feel like if it's what they're doing is they're getting rid of people, they're getting rid of humans because they're just making it's it all electronic. gonna be yeah. electronic. So, yeah. you, so it's really gonna be like kind of like the online experience, but you go in and I'm sure like a shoe's going to get delivered to you on Through a little a cart or something thing.
0: crazy. It's so weird. I think I'm just so opposite because I don't, I do not value the time spent shopping, physically shopping. It's not, it's just not something that I like enjoy. I'm all about like shopping on com or some other online store, as long as I can get it quickly, which almost everyone now with how Amazon's totally changed our culture, like of our expectations of when we can get things, like everything has fast shipping now. Maybe we've talked about luxury bags or something that I'm like, I really want to feel like fancy buying. But other than that, like I don't.
1: See something for me, like trying on things. And like being able to see if it fits and before I buy, like my cousin bought like 10 dresses from Revolve, Revolve the other day and she just like tries them on and then ships them back. Like I do that, that all the time. That seems like so much hassle. Oh
0: my God. It seems like, wait, hang on a minute. How was that hassle? She bought 10 dresses. They came to her next day. That's how Revolve works. That's why I know that's that what she did. And try them on in your own lighting with your own shoes in your own mirror at your own house in your own comfort and then mail them back for free. How was that inconvenient and hassle? But you still have to pay for them, right? Oh, they return it right away. It's return-free shipping. You li- it's literally so convenient. I just, I will never, I don't need the traditional retail experience. I am easily entertained. Like, I, I enjoy seeing something cool, like if it's different. But like, I'm, I'm not going to spend an hour
1: to go to the mall and go walk around and go shopping. It's so funny because I haven't shopped in forever. And I went to Target yesterday. And you know what shit I bought? I know. It was like, this is why I don't go to Target.
0: I swear. I tell, this is my thing with malls. Yes, sometimes it's like cool to go and see what's in the windows and like what's trendy. But like it almost makes me feel like I should want all of these things. And like I almost get stressed out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like I just get like, ooh, I don't need any of it. And I just justify like, oh, that's cute. I'm going to put it in my cart. And then it's so funny because you don't see the total as you're putting in the cart like you are online. And then you check out and you're like, oh Shit. my God. I know. And then I'm like, wait, I can't decide what I want to put back. So I get it all. And then I and then you home, really go and return. Later. I know. Yeah. I was in a little boutique
0: with you. Boutiques are the worst because you feel so guilty returning things to a boutique.
1: Yeah. Like, remember like the
0: one in Old Town we went to before you had family pictures and you like were just putting stuff in your
1: cart and suddenly your bill was like 400 bucks. And I was like, Uh, (laughs) shopping. That's why now it's so funny. I put things in my cart online and I just leave them there. And then I delete them because I'm like, Oh Oh, wait, I didn't
0: need that. You know what I do? I wait for them to send me an offer. Yes. I mean like retargeting, retarget me. Brilliant. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Okay. So let's
1: go to Adidas. All right. So now obviously we know that what their strategy is coming in the next coming years, but let's talk about their ad campaigns because this is where I was just totally moved. Okay. One of their most famous ad campaigns is, we talked about the impossible is nothing. Mm -hmm. And it was actually launched in 2004 and then relaunched in 2021 and they're just running with it. So in 2004, this like commercial spot won every award in ad week. It was just so, everyone was impacted by it. The ad campaign featured American boxing icon Muhammad Ali as a young man setting off on one of his legendary long runs. Mm -hmm. The footage was digitally altered to show him running alongside with a new generation of athletes. So here comes Muhammad Ali, like it's kind of black and whitish, and he's going on one of his long runs to prep, and all of a sudden, David Beckham and NBA star Tracy McGrady and... All these other famous athletes are like dressed in Adidas merchandise, running beside him. And Ali's daughter, Hannah, is narrating. And she's saying this. Some some people people listen listen to themselves themselves rather than listen to what others say. say. They remind remind us us that once you set out on a path, path, even though critics critics may doubt you, it's it's okay okay to to believe that there's no can't. can't. Won't or impossible. impossible. They remind us it's the okay okay to believe believe. impossible Impossible is nothing. nothing. And it's like it literally gives you the chills because I got the chills. It's so cool and it's almost like what's that movie? Field of Dreams. Oh yeah, where it's like the old and the new come together. Yeah. So it's super nostalgic and people just really resonated. I think more than anything, if you listen. It's her voice, the way she's, like, so dramatic. And Muhammad Ali was just such an icon that, like, anyone, when you think about him, is, like, he achieved the impossible. Right? So, in 2021, they actually brought it back. And they did it even better this time. Because I really think Adidas gets the component of inclusive marketing. Okay. Like your customers need to see themselves or who they aspire to be in your brand for them to really latch on, right? Mm-hmm. And when customers see themselves, it like gives them that permission to take the next step forward with your brand. But even more important, when people see who they aspire to be in like marketing or media, it impacts how they feel about them, themselves, yeah, right? totally. Like this is why like, all these commercials are so incredible because it paves the way for them to visualize and dream about like truly what could be possible for them. Yeah. So Adidas, this time, they created, they brought back the campaign where they did this super cool documentary-style footage of incredible athletes and, like, musicians and just, like, famous people who who have achieved the impossible. Uh And they did it in a way that it wasn't, like, just pictures it was totally documentary style and a storytelling campaign Ooh. which i think makes it so powerful so whether they're featuring like Beyonce or Sia or that brazilian volleyball player who just made headlines everything is about this each person's story mm-hmm. and it starts with the basic like the original parts of their life where they're like playing soccer they're just like in a normal person normal camp. Yeah, and they're either showing like I mean, there's so many different of these videos. I watched them all. There's either ones that are showing, like, the poverty that some of these soccer players grew up in. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't have a field. Messi, you should see these these fields he's playing on. It's like, in the ghetto, it's dirt, the, the nets are all torn, and he's just doing what he does best, playing soccer. Yeah. And then it flashes... Throughout the years of how much dedication, and then it's like him today on the soccer field falling down, like as the most famous soccer player wow. in the world. I love that. And then others just show, like maybe not poverty, just like how a kid grew up. Like Beyonce was really interesting how they showed hers. It yeah. was just like she had no childhood. Like it was all focused on performing, yeah. right? But it didn't. It didn't make you feel sorry for her. Yeah. But it made you see because well, like, she
0: worked her ass off, and it was her pushing. Like, she was good pushing, you know, she just from what pushed I know about her story. Yeah.
1: yeah. But the campaign is so cool because the stories that are told are so inspiring and intentional. They really allow everyone to identify with someone in the campaign. So, like, again, I just, I watched all these and I became so obsessed with the stories of these incredible athletes. Like, yeah. and the way they're talking about them is, like, they chose this path. That's why they're different. So mm-hmm. let me show you a couple. Okay. He drew strength
0: from his past
1: to see the possibilities to lead a team and a nation, not just to win the World Cup, but also to be the first black South African captain ever.
0: and to use his platform. Now a kid from the township can
1: be a rugby captain. To give us hope so that we, too, can see the possibilities of uniting all people through the power of sport.
0: If the can do it, I can too.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh my god, I love that. Isn't it cool?
1: Ugh. And I'm telling you, like going through, I mean, the Candace Parker one is incredible. The Beyonce one, I mean, you just get, I literally just sat on the couch yesterday and was and watching watched. these. Did you make Hayden watch them? Like, yeah, and he sat with me and watched them. And okay. I feel like it's so motivational for kids. Like, what was so cool in that video is that little girl saying, if he can do it, I, I can, can do too. It. Yeah. And that's why, like, they, are so successful because they allow the viewer to connect emotionally with the process of like how these superstars became great. Yeah. And like I said, they show like the ordinary and the extraordinary parts of their lives, which allows you to like relate to the ordinary piece, but like dream And, and and believe.
0: Yeah. Believe that you can do
1: the extraordinary, especially kids, like how motivating. And kids and like people that They're so passionate about their sport or their trade, and they just need that extra, like, that extra encouragement and something to relate to. Like, other people have done it. Like, it is the perfect tagline nothing is impossible, right? So, they actually took it further, which I think is amazing. So, this relaunched in 2021, but now it's really evolved, and Adidas has taken like a true commitment to creating real lasting change for women in sport. Okay. So not just like through their ads, but they have like created this global collective of inspiring women who are breaking down barriers in their sport and beyond. And Adidas is committed from like a monetary standpoint to really making a change for women in sport. Awesome. It's crazy. So according to – We got this quote from Vicky Free, who is their global head of marketing. She said, this was the brand's call to action to all the women out there who keep making the impossible possible every day. Adidas can only continue to be their ally. Committed to serve them through innovation in our products, partnerships, and across all dimensions of the sport. So, Adidas is actually committed to make a major investment in women-focused product innovation to recognize and meet the specific needs of women. Because, you know, our bodies are so different than men. Yeah. So, actually, in December, which I think these are the shoes you're wearing, the brand introduced the Ultra Boost 22. So, they used to build these shoes and, like… Not really have differences across male and female instep. Yeah. But now they've really realized like the heel anatomy of a woman is super different than that of a man. And if you build this shoe that fits the woman's heel anatomy better, she will cycle faster, run faster, jump faster. And just be more comfortable. Yeah. Wow. But like this technology can really improve yeah. women's ability to like reach new heights in sports, which I, I think it. is insane. Yeah. And it don't you think it's weird though that it took that long? They have yeah. I mean they customize, think about it, they customize products all over the world that are for the sport. Yeah. But like for Adidas to really make the commitment, like we're focusing on women. Yeah. I think is so cool. It just took way too long. And <laughs> not only did they start with the shoe. Then their next commitment was to sports bras. I was just gonna say,
0: I hope something with the boobs. Yes. Like it is a struggle sometimes. No sports bras fit me properly,
1: I will tell you that. I was gonna say, it's like they have this completely new approach to sports bras. Like they wanna change how they feel, how they fit. You know, one size doesn't fit all. Like no. it's crazy. So it's, speaking of sports bras, have you seen their new ad? No. Okay. So the ad features, well, let me just show you the ad first. Okay.
0: Oh, all right. Uh, you can read it. Okay. It's an Instagram post or Twitter, sorry, Twitter post. We believe women's breasts in all shapes and sizes deserve support and comfort, which is why our new sports bra range contains 43 styles. So everyone can fit the right fit, can find the right fit for them. And it has literally 40-ish pictures of just boobs. All different types, body styles, skin colors. That's a real ad too?
1: Yeah, pretty bold, right? Like where is
0: the ad running?
1: Well, it's, they're running it, they, it's interesting because. Because they can't run that on digital. That's
0: an organic post. Nope.
1: Or how, how are they running that on digital? So what they're doing is they are making a stand because Instagram used to censor nipples. But now they're not censoring nipples. Instagram's not censoring nipples? Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. And I think it's so funny. It says, like, the ad features actually 25 pair of bare breasts. Some are scared. Some are small. Some are saggy. Uh But all of them are unapologetically uncovered. Yeah. Which is crazy. And it's so funny because if you read the tweets below it, one, like, the first one that came up was like, like, this is cool, but, like, maybe show – a little bit of the bra that these boobies go in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I don't need to, I know what boobs look like.
1: I just don't, I'd like to see the bra. But it's crazy. So this campaign was actually created in the Netherlands where TBWA Nibeko is like the agency behind the campaign is based. And this is obviously okay for the Netherlands, right? I I guess.
0: Is it okay here now?
1: Well, it's okay here because they're trying to show
0: like why are men's nipples not censored yeah. but women's no, are I get that right I just I had it I didn't even know that anything
1: changed that you could do that on Instagram now it's crazy I mean people called this softcore porn people called it I offensive mean, how horrific. is that
0: porn it is not even like there's nothing maybe I'm just I'm a woman so I don't see it but like I don't see like sexy when I look at that I see like a woman's body yeah. You're right?
1: And, you know, they said people, crit- I mean, obviously, if you look at all the tweets and, and on Instagram and everywhere it's launched, they understood. They said, we, we're going to get backlash, but they stood directly by their ad. And the Adidas social team responded directly to some of these critics saying, look, we want to remove the stigma of showing bare breasts and celebrate women's bodies. And they stood by their campaign to normalize nipples. I love it. Which is That's crazy, great. yeah. And I think, insane. This actually launched on Valentine's Day, and they wanted to come out with a big splash, which they did.
0: Uh, yeah, that launched this year. This year, huh. yeah.
1: And some of their other campaign like footages aren't just of nipples and breasts. There are of like just raw backs of like after you take a sports bra off, Ugh. and it just like indents I your body. Oh, I always have indents. Yeah, and it just shows like. Actually, you think it's supposed sports bras are supposed to be comfortable, but they're not. Oh, they're not. No bras are. That's
0: you know, why the first thing I do when I get home is rip the bra off, no matter what kind <laughs> it is. I literally don't wear a bra in my house. It, I hate bras.
1: They are not comfortable. No, they're horrible. And everyone's trying to do it, but I love that Adidas is committing to this. Yeah, I love that. Okay, Melissa. So remember when I told you about the cool partnerships that Adidas is. Yes, to like, like the tech v- ones. You talked about something with water bottles and like shoes. technology. Well, there's a bunch of different things. So there's tech companies that are truly, like, innovating the style of the shoe yeah. and, like, the function. For, like, the women's body type and, like, all that, like yeah. yeah. But then they're also innovating with new technology from, like, the actual materials that they're utilizing to produce their shoes. So they've had this partnership since 2015 with Parley for the Oceans. Okay. And it hasn't been... They've been working on it to really take all of the plastic waste that is found in the oceans and they melt it down and produce these small like resin pellets. Yeah. They can actually be made into like a yarn, a recyclable like yarn to create your shoes. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So it's insane. So in 2021, Adidas will use more than 60% of recycled polyester in its products. Wow. And then like... From 2024 on, Adidas is committed to only using this recycled material. That's amazing. So they're really trying to innovate and what's crazy is in 2021, they actually sold 17 million pairs of shoes what? which with like from waste collected from the oceans. That's so wait, in, in 2021
0: same. they sold 17 million pairs of shoes that were made with pollution. Made with recycled water recycled water water bottles. Like that could have polluted the world.
1: That's amazing. I mean, it's really cool because like they are not just, they're committed to change in so many ways. Like they are committed that by 2050, they will achieve global climate neutrality. Like they want to affect the entire supply chain. Yeah. They, so I love how they create these milestones that says like, by this date, we will be direct consumer. By this date, only yeah. recycled materials. Like they have such big goals. Like obviously they're a huge company, but I love how they're focused on, like they're focused on the good. They're focused on yeah. impacting people and the environment. And it's not just, I mean, they make money, but It's for a good cause, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I love it. I love when brands do that.
1: Other crazy things too is they actually installed 1.4 megawatts that generate green electricity. And it is, Adidas has reduced its overall carbon footprint. By more than 50%
0: Wow! over
1: the last couple of years.
0: Wow. That's awesome. I wish more brands were focused on, I mean, and a lot of them might be and they just aren't talking about it, but it's good when like the big brands, like these leaders in the market are taking this kind of initiative.
1: You know, I think others follow them naturally. Which I think is crazy because they're also doing, have you heard of this like vegan leather and vegan plastic? Yeah. Like yeah. Adidas is also committed to creating like... Less animal sourced products and all the great. materials. Yeah. Which I love it. That's so. awesome. I had no idea about any of this stuff. I had no idea. it's so interesting that in the 20s, obviously, because there's so much, there were so many brothers that like started companies <laughs> and then branched out and formed like extremely successful rival companies. Yeah. Like we talked about Oreo, which was insane. Oh, yeah. There were
0: two brothers, Nabisco and or what was it? I can't remember the names of them, but yeah. That's crazy. And kind of Gucci, a little bit. A little bit. So,
1: I was super impressed. Adidas, I will continue to wear all of your gear, shoes, and my shell toes are my favorite. I'm going to try out their sports bras. Yeah. they
0: really can help me be more comfortable. Maybe I won't, won't like rip it off when I get
1: home. <laughs> you actually wear it. Well, let me tell you some of my sources because there were a ton. Obviously, Wikipedia from Adidas Wikipedia page. The Adidas website had a, a lot of great information in their actual media page. Okay. Forbes had a great article on how they have transformed over the years in their unique marketing strategy in six different core markets. And then again, just YouTube. I watched a ton of these cool videos, which we'll all link all of them and you'll get lost in a rabbit hole. So love it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Alexis. And thank you for listening. We hope you'll come back next week for an awesome new episode and story. And we're always open to suggestions. You can find us at Will It Stick Podcast on Instagram. You can also go to our website, willitstickpodcast.com. And leave us a five-star review if you have not already on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. Hope you have a great rest
1: of your week. Bye. Bye.